avoidance actions. Debtors, or the trustees that represent them, gain the ability to reject or avoid actions taken with respect to the debtor's property for a specified time prior to the filing of the bankruptcy. While the details of avoidance actions are nuanced, there are three general categories of avoidance actions. Preferences, 11 U.S.C. Section 547. Federal Fraudulent Transfer, 11 U.S.C. Section 548. Non-Bankruptcy Law Creditor, 11 U.S.C. Section 544. All avoidance actions attempt to limit the risk of the legal system accelerating the financial demise of a financially unstable debtor who is not yet declared bankruptcy. The bankruptcy system generally endeavors to reward creditors who continue to extend financing to debtors and discourage creditors from accelerating their debt collection efforts. Avoidance actions are some of the most obvious of the mechanisms to encourage this goal. Despite the apparent simplicity of these rules, a number of exceptions exist in the context of each category of avoidance action. Preferences Preference actions generally permit the trustee to avoid, that is, to avoid an otherwise legally binding transaction, certain transfers of the debtor's property that benefit creditors where the transfers occur on or within 90 days of the date of filing of the bankruptcy petition. For example, if a debtor has a debt to a friendly creditor and a debt to an unfriendly creditor and pays the friendly creditor, and then declares bankruptcy one week later, the trustee may be able to recover the money paid to the friendly creditor under 11 U.S.C. Section 547. While this reach-back period typically extends 90 days backwards from the date of the bankruptcy, the amount of time is longer in the case of insiders typically one year. Insiders include family and close business contacts of the debtor. Fraudulent transfer Bankruptcy fraudulent transfer law is similar in practice to non-bankruptcy fraudulent transfer law. Some terms, however, are more generous in bankruptcy than they are otherwise. For instance, the statute of limitations within bankruptcy is two years as opposed to a shorter time frame in some non-bankruptcy contexts. Generally a fraudulent transfer action operates in much the same way as a preference avoidance. Fraudulent transfer actions, However, sometimes require a showing of intent to shelter the property from a creditor. Fraudulent transfer may involve an actual or a constructive fraud. Actual fraud is based upon the intent of the transfer, whereas constructive fraud may be inferred based upon economic factors. Factors that may lead to an inference of fraud include whether the transfer was for reasonably equivalent value and whether the debtor was insolvent at the time of the transfer. The conversion of non-exempt assets into exempt assets on the eve of bankruptcy is not an indicator of fraud per se. However, depending on the amount of the exemption and the circumstances surrounding the conversion, a court may find the conversion to be a fraudulent transfer. This is especially true when the conversion amounts to nothing more than a temporary arrangement. When finding the conversion of non-exempt into exempt assets to be a fraudulent transfer, courts tend to focus on the existence of an independent reason for the conversion. For example, if a debtor purchased a residence protected by a homestead exemption with the intent to reside in such residence that would be an allowable conversion into non-exempt property. But where the debtor purchased the residence with all of their available funds, leaving no money to live off, that presumed that the conversion was temporary, indicating a fraudulent transfer. Courts look at the timing of the transfer as the most important factor. Non-bankruptcy law creditor, strong arm. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. 
No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The strong arm avoidance power stems from 11 U.S.C. section 544 and permits the trustee to exercise the rights that a debtor in the same situation would have under the relevant state law. Specifically, Section 544A grants the trustee the rights of avoidance of 1. A judicial lien creditor, 2. An unsatisfied lien creditor, and 3. A bona fide purchaser of real property. In practice these avoidance powers often overlap with preference and fraudulent transfer avoidance powers. The creditors. Secured creditors whose security interests survive the commencement of the case may look to the property that is the subject of their security interests, after obtaining permission from the court, in the form of relief from the automatic stay. Security interests, created by what are called secured transactions, are liens on the property of a debtor. Unsecured creditors are generally divided into two classes, unsecured priority creditors and general unsecured creditors. Unsecured priority creditors are further subdivided into classes as described in the law. In some cases the assets of the estate are insufficient to pay all priority unsecured creditors in full. In such cases the general unsecured creditors receive nothing. Because of the priority and rank ordering feature of bankruptcy law, debtors sometimes collude with others, who may be related to the debtor, to prefer them, by for example granting them a security interest in otherwise unpledged assets. For this reason, the bankruptcy trustee is permitted to reverse certain transactions of the debtor within a period of time prior to the date of the bankruptcy filing. The time period varies depending on the relationship of the parties to the debtor and the nature of the transaction. In Chapters 7, 12, and 13, creditors must file a proof of claim to be paid. In a Chapter 11 case, a creditor is not required to file a proof of claim, that is, a proof of claim is deemed filed, if the creditor's claim is listed on the debtor's bankruptcy schedules, unless the claim is scheduled as disputed, contingent, or unliquidated. If the creditor's claim is not listed on the schedules in a Chapter 11 case, the creditor must file a proof of claim. Absolute Priority A distinctive feature of U.S. bankruptcy law is the absolute priority rule, codified at 11 U.S.C. Section 1129b, 2b2. The rule provides that with respect to a class of unsecured claims, the holder of any claim or interest that is junior to the claims of such class will not receive or retain under the plan on account of such junior claim or interest any property. This requirement means that if any class of creditors votes against a plan of reorganization, the bankruptcy court may not confirm the plan if any class of claims or interests junior to the dissenting class, for example, subordinated creditors or shareholders, receives any distribution of the debtor's estate pursuant to the plan. In practice, The rule requires that debtors satisfy the claims of senior creditors in full before distributing any estate property to junior creditors or shareholders under the plan, although senior creditors will often consent to a de minimis recovery for junior stakeholders in exchange for their support for the plan. 
the Supreme Court has recognized an exception to the absolute priority rule known as the new value exception that allows junior stakeholders to recover property under a plan over the objection of senior creditors if the junior stakeholders provide new value to the restructured enterprise, typically defined as an upfront monetary contribution to the reorganized debtor that is commensurate with the property received or retained under the plan. The basis for the new value exception is that the holder of a junior claim or interest under such circumstances does not receive or retain under the plan on account of such junior claim or interest any property but rather receives or retains property under the plan on account of the new value contribution. Executory Contracts The bankruptcy trustee may reject certain executory contracts and unexpired leases. For bankruptcy purposes, A contract is generally considered executory when both parties to the contract have not yet fully performed the material obligation of the contract. If the trustee, or debtor in possession, in many Chapter 11 cases, rejects a contract, the debtor's bankruptcy estate is subject to ordinary breach of contract damages, but the damages amount is an obligation and is generally treated as an unsecured claim. Committees. Under some chapters, notably Chapters 7, 9 and 11 committees of various stakeholders are appointed by the bankruptcy court. In Chapter 11 and 9, these committees consist of entities that hold the seven largest claims of the kinds represented by the committee. Other committees may also be appointed by the court. Committees have regular communications with the debtor and the debtor's advisors and have access to a wide variety of documents as part of their functions and responsibilities. Exempt Property Although in theory all property of the debtor that is not excluded from the estate under the bankruptcy code becomes property of the estate, for example, is automatically transferred from the debtor to the estate, at the time of commencement of a case, an individual debtor, not a partnership, corporation, etc., may claim certain items of property as exempt and thereby keep those items, subject, however, to any valid liens or other encumbrances. An individual debtor may choose between a federal list of exemptions and a list of exemptions provided by the law of the state in which the debtor files the bankruptcy case unless the state in which the debtor files the bankruptcy case has enacted legislation prohibiting the debtor from choosing the exemptions on the federal list, which almost 40 states have done. In states where the debtor is allowed to choose between the federal and state exemptions, the debtor has the opportunity to choose the exemptions that most fully benefit him or her and, in many cases, may convert at least some of his or her property from non-exempt form, for example, cash, to exempt form, for example, increased equity in a home created by using the cash to pay down a mortgage, prior to filing the bankruptcy case. The exemption laws vary greatly from state to state. In some states, exempt property includes equity in a home or car, tools of the trade, and some personal effects. In other states an asset class such as tools of trade will not be exempt by virtue of its class except to the extent it is claimed under a more general exemption for personal property. One major purpose of bankruptcy is to ensure orderly and reasonable management of debt. Thus, exemptions for personal effects are thought to prevent punitive seizures of items of little or no economic value, personal effects, personal care items, ordinary clothing, since this does not promote any desirable economic result. Similarly, tools of the trade may, depending on the available exemptions, be a permitted exemption as their continued possession allows the insolvent debtor to move forward into productive work as soon as possible. The Bankruptcy Abuse Prevention and Consumer Protection Act of 2005 placed pension plans not subject to the Employee Retirement Income Security Act of 1974, ERISA, 
like 457 and 403b plans, in the same status as ERISA qualified plans with respect to having exemption status akin to spendthrift trusts. SEP IRAs and SIMPLE still are outside federal protection and must rely on state law. Spendthrift trusts. Most states have property laws that allow a trust agreement to contain a legally enforceable restriction on the transfer of a beneficial interest in the trust, sometimes known as an anti-alienation provision. The anti-alienation provision generally prevents creditors of a beneficiary from acquiring the beneficiary's share of the trust. Such a trust is sometimes called a spendthrift trust. To prevent fraud, most states allow this protection only to the extent that the beneficiary did not transfer property to the trust. Also, such provisions do not protect cash or other property once it has been transferred from the trust to the beneficiary. Under the U.S. Bankruptcy Code, an anti-alienation provision in a spendthrift trust is recognized. This means that the beneficiary's share of the trust generally does not become property of the bankruptcy estate. Redemption In a Chapter 7 liquidation case, an individual debtor may redeem certain tangible personal property intended primarily for personal, family, or household use that is encumbered by a lien. To qualify, the property generally either, a, must be exempt under Section 522 of the Bankruptcy Code, or, b, must have been abandoned by the trustee under Section 554 of the Bankruptcy Code. To redeem the property, the debtor must pay the lien holder the full amount of the applicable allowed secured claim against the property.